it's a badass records podcast podcast about people and music new episodes drop thursdays uh you can find your audio where you stream or visit the youtube channel speaking of youtube uh you can keep up to tabs with pod over on youtube or on instagram or twitter uh, the site is badassrecordspodcast.com. While you're there, please make sure to check out the merch store. Get yourself a coffee mug, a sticker, a hoodie, who knows. Um, appreciate you stopping by. If you want to be on an episode in person with me here in KC, hit me up at badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. It's badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. Appreciate you stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. I think this is going to be the Tony Gonzalez episode, episode 88. <laughs> uh, Sammy Sanchez, back in the chair. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, so we know one another via your dad, uh, former uh, colleagues, co-workers, um, and he did episode 30, um, and we talked with who did we talk about? We talked about Fleetwood Mac. There was a we talked Mon about Mon Luis Guerra, yeah. um, and uh, near the end of that conversation, he you should talk to my son. He knows a lot about music. What really? Uh, so then you came and did episode forty four, I think, um, and we did uh, was it small change? Small change. Animals and LCD. Sound. And this is happening. This is happening. Um, and then you came back 20 episodes on the nose later for 64 and we did the entire Tom Waits discography, which it was, it really was. And, uh, it's, there've been a couple folks, um, on here that, uh, like, you know, I think the day of, or the day before they're like, I better see what this is all. And that one, they're like, Whoa, a couple folks have been like, Oh, the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, man, it was, it was a good time. So, near the end of that conversation, uh, episode 64, the Tom Waits discography, uh, I threw out the idea of you coming back to do another one, and I think you threw out uh, Floyd and Zeppelin. I threw out a few, yeah. And I threw out Bowie, which I think was a little... It would be uh, quite a thing. Like a a two-parter, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a massive discography. Um, Which, I think, equally, we thought, let's let's put a pin in that and and maybe look at something else. Um, And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I threw out the idea of Beck, and you were maybe lukewarm to it. I just, yeah, I've never really, before this, obviously, right. I never really listened to much of Beck, like okay. the singles. I don't think I'd listened to a full album okay. all the way through at any point. Uh, I enjoyed the singles. I wasn't, like, super blown away by them. But, yeah, when you suggested I was like, okay, yeah, Beck, sure, I'm about it. I could see, I could well, see yeah, what you, it's about. Yeah. When I, I, I might have said it again, and you are like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so another piece, uh, that your dad mentioned when he was talking about, you knowing a lot about music was your, uh, end of year top 50. Mm-hmm. 
uh, usually top 25. Top 25 yeah. new releases from that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remind me, um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, about six years. Six now. years. Six or seven years, yeah. And do you find that you continue to look forward to it just as much as... Honestly, this year I haven't been listening to as much as previous years. Uh there's some fantastic albums that have come out, probably enough to do 25 okay. right now. Okay. But just in general, I've had so much else going on that right. I can't afford the time to just, you know, an hour or two a day to just, oh, these are the albums that came out right. this week. And just. So let's scrap this year uh, and go back to just for an example last year. Um, are you like, are you mindful of this in January or is it like August and you're like, I better. Uh, honestly, usually it takes until about March or April for like a lot of good releases to come out. Okay. Because people, artists generally tend to like back end their music quite a bit towards the end of the year, uh-huh. the holiday season. Yeah, like now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been like a bunch of albums that in the past few weeks have come out. Really? Right? Okay. As compared to like the first two or three months of the year that it's just like, okay, that's a good one. Okay. There's another good one. Okay. Uh, but generally kind of a, a wasteland. Right, but so if March is when there's the first little push, I mean, do you are you tuned in before that? Are you looking at stuff that came out in January and February? I'm usually looking at uh, pretty much every week, like the forums I go to, the subreddits, yeah. and everything. Uh, but in general, I what I do is I keep like a running list of every album I listen to, mm. which I tend to listen to. Or I try to listen to as many as I can on your phone and then, uh, or pen and paper. Uh, I have it on my, on a, it's a word. Oh, nice. Nice. But, uh, I try to listen to as much as I can. The ones that I like, like the ones that I know I'm going to come back to and enjoy. I like put a little mark on them or okay. them red or something. Uh, and then as the year goes on, as the reds start stacking up, that's when I start like, okay, which ones of these are going to be in the top 10, sure. which ones are, might get kicked out if something right. better comes along. Right. Uh, and then usually by around October, November, when there aren't that many big releases left, right? Uh, that's when I'm usually okay. Let's start like solidifying the list, making sure that I'm happy with the ones that didn't make it versus the ones that did make sure. it to the list. Because there's always a few like spots 23, 24, 25 that you're like, damn, this could really go to like any of these ten albums. <laughs> but it becomes a coin flip at that right? point. Yeah. And so this is a laptop or a desktop that you're. Worth the laptop, yeah. Okay. Um, what all, you know, uh, we've obviously been living in the uh, world of the smartphone for quite some time, <clears throat> and there are plenty of folks and um, business owners and operators that don't have a computer at all. Yeah. Uh, and they just literally do everything from their phone. But what are some of the uh, primary things that you go to your laptop for? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Honestly, not much besides like YouTube videos, okay. and Reddit these days, okay. Because uh, like I said, most of the time I'm at work or I'm, you know, at home like watching like football with my parents or sure. something. Uh, and in general, like whenever I have some free time, I'm either I don't know playing video games with my friends or playing video games on my own. I'm playing Elden Ring, but or just browsing mindlessly. Sure. Reddit, YouTube. So is Reddit the primary thing that feeds where you're 
discovering these new albums? Or? Uh, in general, yeah. Okay. There's like the indie heads subreddit. There's the hip hop heads subreddit. I'm subscribed to the pop heads subreddit. Okay. It's all just like people that are super into that little genre. And they're like every Friday, it's just dominated by these are the albums that came out today and people commenting and talking about them. And Now they call it subreddit because it's, on the Reddit platform, yeah. but it's a specific topic, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. the whole story behind that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, and then once it's done, it, I forget. Do you post it? Do you have Facebook? What do you? Uh, I actually deleted Facebook earlier this year, so going forward, I'm going to have to find a different way to, okay. to get it out. But... So uh, when you would post your lists, I mean, w- were they typically posts that were conversation starters? A little bit. Uh, more often than not, uh I mean, it didn't get, like, huge numbers or right. anything. It was just my friends. But I, what I would do is I would post, like, starting December 1st, I would post number 25. And oh, God, like fun. Down. Kind of be done by Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I usually took a few extra days so that, like, I'd be – I usually put a, an honorable mentions between number there you two go. and number one. Nice. Uh, so usually, like, December 30th or 31st with a few break days. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Just, so um, tell me about – deleting facebook and are, are those conversations gone forever then uh it's deactivated i guess so if i ever wanted to i could reactivate it okay but just in general i was like yeah i'm spending too much time on all these obviously i'm still spending a lot of time uh on like reddit but facebook in general i just found it to be like not i don't know engaging at all it was just what were you it, going to it for exactly engagement I was trying to, yeah. Like honestly, after a point, it was like, "What am I going to Facebook for?" Everything that I get out of Facebook, I get more of out of like YouTube if I want to actually watch something, sure. Or Reddit if I'm just trying to like see what's going on in such and such and such world. Like I can see what's going on in the NFL, and then one post later, I get world news, and then it's just very. I don't know, probably for my ADHD mind, it's just one thing after the other. It's like, okay, this is all stuff I'm interested in. Versus Facebook, it's you know, a great aunt of a neighbor that once posted a, a <laughs> cobbler recipe. And I'm like, I, why am I looking I at this? No I, don't, I don't really care. Wow. Um, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm envious because I've done it before. Uh, and I, you know, got deleted the app. Uh, Cause for the longest time I was like, I, I'm, I'm not, I see what this, I like, I was, on Facebook often, but only on my desktop or my laptop as, you know, life changes and a device comes in via a job or whatever. Uh, And I held out for a long, I always felt really good about that, like not having the app. And then um, I found myself just like opening a browser and like going, you know, typing in Facebook and logging in that way. It's like, I'm not, not, it's the, Yeah, and so I um, very much want to do that, but because it's literally, I mean, I'm I'm more mindful right now than I was even a month or two months ago with how many times I'm opening it mm-hmm. and and looking for hoping for engagement, and it's like you Not know, n- no, like almost never, um, and I. Uh, yet still here i am so i mean kudos to you man i i feel like um there's got to be a 
portion of you know the operational side of Facebook that is aware of that very thing that people oh, yeah. like truly believe that they need it or think that they need it yep. and it's like and they're trying to not change that whatsoever yeah they're, yeah like, yeah let us be all you go to for for everything forever. i know i know um and it's just you know I, 2008 or whatever it was 2007 and it was like literally just connecting with people i haven't seen in years and seeing pictures and making hilarious comments on stuff right. and now it's just like this is not that at yeah. all and I, I get it it's a business and they got to do whatever but but reddit is it for you like you spend some time on youtube but you're not on the gram you don't tweet i don't have instagram i have a twitter account that i like never post on i just follow certain uh like athletes and sure. like sports writers and sure. musicians and whatnot uh, it can be if you if you curate it the right way i think it exactly. can be a That's good what source I try to but even then like i've visited maybe four or five times in the past year oh wow okay uh, so yeah mostly reddit and youtube whenever i do get on online it's usually that or like I'm playing Tetris on Google or something <laughs> yeah. you know, just something yeah. to to pass the time. Yeah. So being uh you know freshly baptized in the uh banking or not banking hours but the uh you know traditional work hours um are you you, you mentioned you're still in transition how has uh bedtime been? Have you been pretty disciplined it's, in that regard? It's getting or? better. Okay. Uh I've been definitely trying to go to bed, like, you know, no later than 10 at the very latest. Right. Like, usually closer to 9. And then, honestly, by, like, last Thursday, Friday, I was already getting tired by, like, 8, 8.30. I'm cool. like, all right, maybe it's time to go to bed. Very and, cool. Uh, but now it's getting to the point, like, it's only been a week now again, but it's getting to the point where... Like I'm waking up even earlier. Like I'm waking up at like four thirty. Your body is just like, like telling. I, just, I look at my phone. I'm like, I don't have enough time to like fall back asleep. So yeah, I guess yeah. I'm just awake now. Yeah. So. And then, so when you turn in, are you usually the last one up? Are they? I'm usually the first one to bed. My parents like are laying, staying up later than I am. Now. Okay. And then when you get up, are they? Still asleep? Are they up I and at them? Get up around the same time. Same time. Maybe like a little bit earlier. But yeah, they're early risers. Okay. Wild. Uh, let's see. Andrew Huberman. Uh, he's like a professor at Stanford and just like, I, I think, a really well respected science person. Um, he was on, it's been a while now, uh, Two Bears, One Cave with uh, Tom Segura and talking about. Um, one of the best things you can do, and I've seen him since uh, encourage the exact same thing. Um, but if you can get 15 minutes of first day's light on your eyeballs, like no sunglasses, you know, no nothing, then it'll like stimulate. You. Well, it'll uh, align your system with like a circadian clock. Right. So it like, you know, a natural. The, yeah. So, like, you know, if you're up better than when it's, uh, you know. Like sundown. Yeah, your body's like. It's about that yeah, time, y'all. Yeah. And I was like, I totally want to do that, but, oh, man. I also I, don't want to do yeah, that at all. Yeah, yeah. I would also sleep till 10 if I could. Um, but, 
anyway, um, so um, we we agreed on Beck, and you said you had heard singles. Um, and do you remember ish like the first time you heard something by him? Where you were? Where honestly, I I remember. Okay, so I remember hearing "Loser" all the time growing up. And it was like almost a joke song when I was first listening to it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a loser, baby. He's talking in Spanish during the chorus. He's, his, the lyrics make no sense. I get it. It's funny. Whatever. Get funky on the cheese whiz. Exactly, whatever, yeah. All the weird interludes. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever this guy's doing. I'm, I'm about it. It's fine, I guess. Uh, and then I remember one day, I think it was during high school, I was driving into work, not into work, into school, and uh, where it's at came on the radio and i didn't recognize it as beck at first right because all i ever heard was loser right and the voice was kind of similar but it, it was he was a little more singing than he was in beck in uh in loser yeah, words yeah. just talking the lyrics through yeah um so i was like, okay this is nice and then the the chorus hit and like the where it's at just like yeah. screaming at you and i was like is that uh okay that's pretty cool two turntables and a micro exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah, I was not. I was blown away. At okay, that time. okay. Yeah, it, was, it was a pretty great song. Still, probably one of my favorite Beck it, songs. It's a great one, but it's now it's like I don't want to hear that anymore. Like I gotta keep moving. I've listened to so much Beck, man. The <laughs> the last few months, it's been it's been so so much. Uh, yeah, very varying degrees of enjoyment through well said. his album. Well said. Yeah. So. Uh, loser for me also and it was like just everywhere it's, yeah it's too much um and you know i don't want to like play into what i guess folks were thinking slash saying back then but it felt like this is probably going to be the only thing this guy does yeah um and then that was very clearly not the case i mean yeah. he's been you know kind of uh, as consistent as you would see anywhere i think in terms of putting stuff out um, but I thought, uh, so that's Mellow Gold. I thought that was his first, and it wasn't. Um, and it looks... Yeah, he had the, was it three albums, or four albums before that, maybe? Well... I think it was three, because then One Foot in the Grave was after that. Right. right. Yeah. Um, Golden Feelings is... Yeah, the, the first two, I never, I couldn't find them. I couldn't find Golden Feelings online. at all. Yeah. 1993, 17 tracks, 42 minutes. Um, interesting to me, All Music said, uh, an extremely interesting, entertaining, and humorous document that proves that from the start, Beck had his heart set on making experimentation his only gimmick. <laughs> and I can't, I mean, I think that that's crafted as a compliment. I was going to say, it sounds a little harsh at the end. Yeah. Uh, gimmick is usually like a kind of a negative connotation. For you wouldn't, as an artist, you wouldn't want somebody to say, oh, that, it's just a gimmick. That gimmicky Sammy over there, yeah, you know, just exactly. put, putting out another whatever record. Um, so, you know, but so I, for me personally, uh, taking away gimmick and and i'm left with experimentation that's definitely his and i feel like that's his specialty yeah um but it doesn't feel experimental necessary well i I, it does in parts Mm -hmm. um but anyway i couldn't find that one yeah no Um, idea what it sounds like so then yeah we have uh 
uh, Stereophonic Soul Manure. 1994, 25 tracks, 65 minutes. Did you have a chance to give this one a spin? I did, yeah. I listened to it a few times. A few times. Uh, I tried to listen to all these, a few, the okay. ones that I could stomach a few listens of. I'm, we're, I'm picking uh, up what you're putting down. <laughs> um, this one, at, at least I found it interesting enough. Uh, there was a lot of... I tried to go through like in chronological order. So yep. This is the one I started with. Yep. I was like, okay, I've listened to Loser. I've listened to some of the later singles. This sounds like none of that right. whatsoever. You could hear some of like the, if you want to call it the folky part of Loser, like that that guitar, <laughs> that twang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a super lo-fi record, just super just raw. And honestly, just a lot of it does not do much for me at all. But there are a few songs, like looking through the, like, Rowboat's fun, uh, The Spirit Moves Me moves me is good, but in general, like, Satan Gave Me a Taco, I could not stand. <laughs> uh, there's just so much on here that listening to it, I was like, okay, yeah, we can we can move on to the next one. This I, cu- I couldn't wait to get through this it. This is not it for me. I was, this, I was like, I hope that there's nothing else that sounds like that, and I don't think that wound up being the case. <laughs> uh, so then, then we get to Mellow Gold, 94, uh, 16 tracks, 37 minutes. Loser puts him on the map. Um, what beyond Loser did you have in terms of a takeaway from this one? Honestly, another album that, like, this is very much a follow-up to this. Like, it's the same, like, not quite as lo-fi. It's a little more polished here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more structured for sure. There aren't as many just noise interludes and right. just random screeches of what you might call it's in the background. Uh, this is actually, you know, songs, and most of them I'd say are decent to good, uh, but still overall not not something that I really came back to very much when I was going through his discography. Like there are certain albums later on that I was like okay, this is one that I'm going to like and like come back to. And there are some that I was like, after this podcast, I'm never listening to this again. I mean, I just, <laughs> you could not pay me to. I'm not, I won't put it in, in, well said in, in the follow-up sense um, because I think it is, well, I mean, technically it is that. Um, but I, I didn't have the same, like, I can't wait to be done with this. But yeah. also I was like, I'm, I'm struggling to stick around. Yeah. And it's like Loser almost uh, is one of these kids that's doing its own thing. The little Sesame Street skit. It's like, it's weird. It's a <laughs> one weird. One of the things is not like the. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because uh, it doesn't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it sticks out, that, that track. I will say Black Hole. Great closer. Okay. I really like that okay. song. That was a great nice. song. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, man. Golden Feelings in 93. And then um, I did a double take when I saw that Stereo, uh, Stereopathic Soul Manure and Mellow Gold were both in 1994 and just a month apart. And then I was like, well, what, when, how long did it take for the next one to come out? And I was like, same fucking year? Yeah. Um, and, uh, really going through it. one foot in the grave recorded before mellow gold. Say, I, I think this was like the reason it came out so soon is because all this stuff was recorded like around the same time, but, but not released until, uh, some success. Exactly. And then it was like, all right, let's, 
I'm sure it might have never been released. If right. The loser right. had become like the mega hit that it did. Um, what about the, you know, so if we can call uh, Mel Gold a follow up to Stereo, uh, Stereopathic Soul Manure, did this one feel follow up to Mellow Gold to you, or do you feel like he pivoted a, a little bit? In a sense, I think it kind of went back from Mellow Gold. Like, Mellow Gold was like a honestly sounded like it could have come out after this because it did get written i guess after this but this is like almost a folk record like yeah. a noisy folk record yeah. but yeah. a folk record it's just him and i don't remember the Me other either. guy's name Me that either. he collaborated with but it's just them two singing some folk songs it's earnest it's like not as you know tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic as like later beck albums would be that it sounds very much not like anything else he would ever do i think in terms of just like the sound of it right. there were albums where it was like more stripped back but this is like as raw in a good way i yeah, guess yeah like whereas stereopathic soul manure was raw just for being like noisy how and, raw can we be yeah yeah this was more raw because like okay we don't need to doll it up or anything we have like good songwriting good production quality here we can we can make this work but so if you didn't know and you're just listening to these three uh sort of blindly like where what influences would you assign to him that, uh, that he was into and and is maybe comes out in his music a little bit definitely like i said some lo-fi stuff like the 80s and early 90s there was like daniel johnston there was uh, band like the lo-fi indie oh. or like pavement mm. and stuff like that okay uh, i could definitely like how that early really was pavement making cast. music uh i think they started like late 80s did they really okay and okay. then i think uh slanted and enchanted came out like 92 okay 93 um but yeah it's a very like sarcastic very just i'm throwing words out there <laughs> that kind of string together into a a meaningful sentence here and there but in general it's just the the rawness the the energy uh and this that's kind of what i got from mellow gold from one foot in the grave it was a lot more just i'm, I'm not gonna say bob dylan but like that kind of like 60s just one like Woody Guthrie yeah, style, yeah. just one man and a guitar speaking the truth, and uh, not nearly as like political as right. that stuff was. This was a lot more like personal and just like kind of observing what was going on around him at the time. But like I said, he's a mighty good leader. Is a really good song. Mm -hmm. Orange mm -hmm. Peel is yes. a great song. Uh, Assholes really good. <laughs> it's just it's a really solid album. It is. This is it the is. first one like going through chronologically. Like, I forced myself through Stereopathic. Yellow Gold was like, okay, it's a little better. This was where I was like, okay, maybe I might enjoy some of these I've, going I've, forward. I felt like yeah, <laughs> a weight off my, my shoulders. shoulders relaxed yeah. a little bit, and I was like, all right, okay, I can, you know. I can tolerate yeah. this. This won't be the end of the world. Yeah, um, which, you know, coming from, I, all right, so, uh, you know, knowing Loser and then really – there's there's a record that we'll get to that uh, strangely I, I I know inside and out up and down left and right um, and it's like uh, how did we get from, from this to, B, to this yeah. so I was curious like you know to sort of not are, I don't have to see a linear 
but I need to know a little bit more than fill in the gaps yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And um, it's a very non-linear path. Like his discography is just twists and turns. I know. So to, I, you know, similar experiences, um, get me out of here to, all right, not quite so, you know, uh, abrasive or, or, or unpleasant, uh, to, Oh, okay. This is not. So then what's next was my question. And Odalay. 1996, 14 tracks, 54 minutes, and hits. Very many hits. Galore. Uh, he's back on Could the map. Could have been a greatest hits album, honestly. <laughs> but he's doing own. things uh, differently, as, uh, you know, no, no, no surprise by this point. Um, what is your takeaway from this one? I'd say this is not, I wouldn't say my favorite album of his definitely one of okay but i'd say this is his most like beck album like this when you think of beck you think of like the like the hip-hop like break beats and yeah. like the acoustic implementation yes and like it's just a whole amalgamation of stuff like where it's at mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. uh, devil's, devil's haircut. haircut that riff one of the the gnarliest riffs. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Amazing riff comes back again every time it comes back. You're like, God damn, that is a good riff. Yeah. Uh, Hot wax, amazing song. That's a lot more like hip hop influenced. Yep. Um, it's just great song after great song. There's a few songs that I'm not super in love with, but even those, I'm like, okay, I I get it. It's fine. It it fits in yeah. the album. Fits with the vibe. Uh, except for High Five, Rock the Catskills. I cannot stand that okay, song okay. whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, he's, uh, like I said, as consistent as you might expect anyone who's put out a bunch of records to be. A whole bunch right there early, uh, a couple years off, uh, in between One Foot in the Grave and Odelay, and then a couple years again to get us to 1998 with Mutations. 11 yes. tracks, 49 minutes, a Grammy for yeah. Best Alternative Music Album. He got it. Um, tell me about Mutations. Uh, a bit of a step back for okay. me, personally. Okay. Again, a few good songs that I enjoyed. Cold Brains is good. Uh, I didn't really like Nobody's Fault But My <laughs> Own. Um, Tropicalia is a fantastic song, I thought. Oh, Maria is really good. There's some really good songs on here, but overall... It didn't have the consistency right, that right. Odelay did. And like even the best song on here I don't think could compete with some of the even lesser songs interesting. on here. Interesting. Not to say they're bad songs by any means. This right. was just a really, really good album. Yeah. This is more of just like a okay, Beck's taking it easy now. It's yeah. not quite as in your face. It's a lot more just That's, I'm glad, songwriting. Yeah, now. I'm glad you said that because um he he's taking it easy now. Um so if you could summarize what you think the vibe and the intention were for him putting that out versus that out, what, what would be your best? I don't know if it was an intentional, like, look, guys, I'm more than just the, the funny hip-hop, like, random lyrics guy. Like, I can actually write, like, heartfelt songs while still having that, you know, creative edge. Uh, and I'm not going to say he didn't pull it off. I'm just saying... For me personally, I prefer the more like edgy side of Beck. Not necessarily like the noisy side like we got super early on, but the more like I'm just having fun out here. I'm letting I'm letting it all hang out. Right. We're having a good time. 
that's when I feel like, all right, now Beck's like in his pocket. He's, right. he's finding his groove. Uh, versus this, I'm not going to say it feels forced, but it definitely feels like him making a conscious effort to be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not just that. I right. Can, I can do more. So if this is, uh, what was the first one? Golden, Fe- Golden Feelings. If Golden Feelings is first and this is last, uh, and he, you know, uh, there's no more music after this and, and tomorrow you open a record store. And part of your inventory is his discography through these what five, six albums. Mm-hmm. Where are you putting him? It's a great question. Rock. Uh, if there's like an alternative section, then definitely that, because he's more rock than hip hop. But there wasn't a lot of rock that was so influenced by hip hop right. at the time. Like this was before, like new metal had really become a thing like yeah rage against the machine was around at uh-huh. this time but that's as far really as like a hip-hop and rock sure to mention like run dmc and Aerosmith oh, yeah. stuff yeah. like that but as far as like a pure like rock band or in this case rock artist integrating hip-hop into like a prolonged career I mean, Beck was really groundbreaking in that aspect. Have you ever been in a record store where uh, some an artist's music is in multiple genres, multiple spots? Really? I have, yeah. Can you think of an example? Uh, there's a band, I don't know if you listen, a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I, I, people keep trying to shove me down the rabbit hole. I'm like, <laughs> I, I will. I swear to God, I will. The longer you wait, the more impossible it is. They release like two albums a year on average it's been up to five albums in a have year we before. talked about them on either of your previous i don't believe so okay so t- give me all the goods what was They're, your intro so i my first album that like when i first discovered them their next album right after that was nonagon infinity which i think was their 10th album and Jesus. this was almost a decade ago and they're up to like I don't know twenty six albums or and, something. And by when now. did they put their first one out? Like two thousand eleven. Like they are, they are prolific. And the thing is, like they haven't really released a bad album. Like you'd think with that many albums, some of them are like, yeah, they couldn't have, they could have done without doing that one. No, they've got some from good to incredible albums. And the thing is, no, some two albums, but in general, they like switch it up a lot. They have two thrash metal albums Nuh-uh. they do and they're both actually really good have you been a person that enjoys metal oh, yeah. regular okay oh, yeah. okay uh metallica was one of my and then from metallica i grew to like iron maiden and nice priest and okay like that same era. okay oh uh, did you have an uncle that was maybe yes okay my uncle was a huge metallica fan okay and okay. i got into it through him uh and then you know into the 2000s i got really like system of a down is one of my favorite bands uh mastodon I okay love. okay uh just some you know good i'm not super into like the the black metal and the death metal sure still haven't refined my palate quite that much but as far as just regular old metal i wouldn't call myself a metal head but I definitely I mean, enjoy. Sounds like you've a good done amount some, of metal. Yeah, a um, couple episodes ago, uh, I had a cat named Swaggy Roaches. I saw. Uh, oh, really? Where do you see already. stuff? Do you, or did you subscribe to the YouTube or? Again, since I watched, like whenever I was coming on here before, I would like watch. It just feeds all the it ones, to you. So it just every time a new one comes out, it okay. pops up in my in my recommended. So. Well, he is. So they are part of uh 
he is part of a uh, pro Kansas cannabis law reform Scooby Doo themed band called Stony Doom, and it's like the 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 lettering, the font looks just like on the show. Right. And then, uh, you know, their, their CD, uh, I got it back here somewhere. Well, oh, meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, the smoke clouds coming up. Yeah. And, uh, they all, you know, they're all, all of their names are, uh, you know, Scooby, you know, swaggy roach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of his so and they're metal, you know, um, and and I was I was very fascinated. I have always been fascinated with uh, the uh, this, the the metal loving portion of the stoner community. Oh yeah, like stoner metal is like a huge subject, which just blows my Don't mind because I. Uh, you know, uh, tend to associate like if if marijuana and music are gonna, you know, uh, give me Bob Marley, or you know something like nice. Pink Floyd. Or yes, yes. Else. I mean something nice like and chill. Yeah, or, or you know, th- I, th- I, I wouldn't. I don't mind uh, uh, some thinking. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, or didn't mind back back in my smoking days, but um. Mastodon, a Mastodon record was on his list. Um, yeah, it was Crack the Sky, I think. It was yeah. Sky with an E, and um, it was his little sister, the guitarist's little sister. Yeah, was named Sky. Was yeah, she uh, took her own life. Oh damn! When she was a teenager, and he, the same time that, I mean, this happened well before. But when they were recording that album, I think another band member, his like mother had just passed away. So the whole album was just very like grief centered and like a kind of a catharsis type of thing. But yeah, that's why it's called Y with an E. Okay. Okay. I missed that. But um, really cool album for not, you know, the number one metal fan in the world. And the the album art is like enchanting. Their art is always on point. They have some really cool art. Well, Uh, and just, yeah, the album was their most prog metal that they ever got. It was just, you know. Like the was it the czar is on there? It's like in the last bear. Yeah, there's like two 13 minute songs hmm. on there. That's like metal bands weren't really besides like Iron Maiden who would have you know super literary epics, right? Like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, right? Alexander the Great, yeah, and stuff like that. But in general, metal bands didn't quite drag it out that long, right? And then you have yeah, they have like on. sweets or like verse, you know, exactly. Like their album is a. Like a concept album. Yes. Like, and like the, parts. Yeah. 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 Uh, my favorite Mastodon album. Like, we started with Beck and we just progressed to Mastodon. Perfect. We, uh, did, we did it right. <laughs> but Leviathan by Mastodon. Okay. Okay. Probably my favorite metal album, period. It is just well, his, incredible. His, so he had, he had Alice in Chains. He had Mastodon. Um, I forget who, but but point being, you know, he had uh, equally enthusiastic feelings about, of course, each of the records on his list. But he definitely made it a point to say that Mastodon is my favorite band. They are, and he's an seen them uh, a handful of times, and I, I'm pretty sure he said that you know each show was 
phenomenal and i've heard they put on i was like god show. damn really and so anyway an inter- they seem like super cool guys like just from interviews right and they're all super down to earth super they've contributed music to like uh adult swim shows and okay like the cool. Teen hunger force yeah that movie they did one of the songs nice for that. so but uh back to the giz yes so that's how we got introduction to them was nonagon infinity and then from there, I went back to their earlier stuff, and then I just kept up with albums as they were coming out from then on. And I think it was the year after Nonagon, or maybe two years after, they literally released five albums in one year, and they were all like pretty different. Uh, wow. One was like a almost a spoken word metal oh, like, cool. uh, concept album about like uh, society breaking down in the future. They had one that was a. Uh, um sketches of brunswick east it was called with like this mellow jazz band it was like a collaboration and it was like super low-key one was uh microtonal they were experimenting with microtonal music i don't even know what that is uh, so like you know how we have the 12 tones in Uh, our scale i knew there were tones i didn't know there were 12 (laughs) there's 12 of them and uh you can't really get to the spaces in between the notes so oh. like a piano for example you sure have a you have a sharp unless you can you get there if you adjust the tuning exactly okay so they okay. have like special guitars that have frets in certain places that can get you pitches between what normal pitches you'd get and so it gives it like this really like middle eastern feel like this very oh, eastern cool. uh vibe and but still you know like an indie rock alternative rock album and they're just so creative and they put out like apparently the past like few years that they've been touring like no two set lists are the same they just switch well, it up every single night that's, like so like way i don't know what this is back here it's like uh 1997 or 1998 like i that was the first time i think i mean they've been around that long right they've been around uh yeah so it's, and somebody's like you know that's the first time i heard them and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then not again for years. And then now they, uh, you know, uh, any fish related Facebook group that I'm in, like there, there's always somebody being like, you know, uh, wearing some of their merch mm-hmm. or, or, or talking up one of their records. And inevitably numerous people uh will be like you know i i'm i was I'm, i was at the show tonight it was like my 40th time seeing them continue to be you know the best band out there and blowing my mind i'm like where did this fan base come from and it's word of mouth and, and and so i'm assuming that you've read a little bit about them Yes. And so, like, you know, in my small brain, a band that puts out records, you know, typically you got, well, we, I think we definitely touched on it in, in, in our Tom Waits episode. Um, you know, like, there was a line in there that said, uh, um, it might have been Rain Dogs. Was the Rain Dogs the first one that had Keith Richards? Yeah, and 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 whoever it was, and and Mark Rabot, uh, and, and it was like uh, when it was time to record, he would just play a version on an acoustic guitar, and then everybody would learn it mm-hmm. as they're you know kind of go- so you know it's like follow my lead. Type yeah, deal. yeah. So you know, like sheet music or anything. Just- so if you're in a band, you know pr- probably in, in a lot of cases, I would guess there's a person 
that's kind of bringing bringing skeleton versions of songs mm-hmm. and then the band fleshes it out and right. okay now it's a song and then now we have 10 and here's a record or maybe multiple people right. you know are, are writing and uh, or maybe some, you know there's scenarios where uh everybody is just jamming and they come up with something mm-hmm. um do you know what their music writing tendency has it's been mostly jam based they just they have Seriously? a lot of uh riffs that you'll hear come up like on different albums like oh, albums cool. later it's like a callback to this riff from i this love time. it and some lyrics you know cross over a lot um they're just a very like if there's a few albums they have that all followed like that indie rock like psych rock formula okay uh that that's probably like what they're most known for where should i start uh man to I think a good starting point would probably be a I'm in your mind fuzz. I'm in your mind fuzz. I'm in your mind fuzz. Okay. Um, so that then... And Nonagon Infinity. I think Nonagon Infinity was also a great starting point. You gotta spell that one for me. Uh, N-O-N-A-G-O-N. And then Infinity. Okay, two words. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, they have two metal albums. They right. have like a psych, like a really like a boogie almost cool. album. Cool. They're coming out with an album in a few weeks that's like synth based, like more electronic. <laughs> uh, they're just they're all over the place, and it's always like I'm not gonna say it's always amazing, but it's always at least good. Sure. Like, they haven't come out with anything yet that I've been like, all right, guys, you, you could have done without that right. one. Like it's all felt like, damn, these guys. So, still doing do it. you know? Are they going to the same spot to record every time they put out? Yeah, they're Australian. Uh, I think from Brisbane. Oh, really? Uh, but yeah, they have their own uh, record label. Like, okay. They're a. I want to say there's like eight people in the band right now. Eight. They're they're a big old band. Okay. Uh, and they're they had a former member. They used to have two drummers, and I just have one drummer. But one of their former drummers uh is now just like the record label manager oh fun and so it's just like a whole little organization that's they cool got going on uh but yeah they're all again they all seem like super cool guys just from their interviews sure uh, and like i said they're do you get out this much good music do on you a get yearly basis what are some elements of cool guys that you've gotten from interviews like sense of humor Definitely nice of, they're just like the way like they all they're all best friends and you can tell immediately just from like watching them interact. They're just like riffing on each other and like finishing each other's sentences. What about production from uh, album to album? Do they use different folks? Do you know? It's usually it's self-produced. No way. Wow. It's honestly ridiculous. And and their touring schedule is like, they're just always living the music. I mean, they can't have families. I mean, I don't, I think one of them, like the drummer that became the, he's like, like, Hey, I have a son. Right. Take some time to myself. What do you say? How do I look as a manager? Exactly. Um, I mean, I can't even, you know, I, I obviously, uh, North America is not the, uh, focal point of the world, but since that's where we are and that's, that's a, 18 hour flight yeah and there are they touring uh, many countries uh they usually do like a few spots per country okay like they're doing what are called marathon sets next year is what they're like trying to focus on three nights in a row in one city for like four or five cities in a country like here they're doing one in chicago new york la where they just like friday saturday sunday of each week they are there at the same venue 
doing a whole different set list each night. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they are. I don't know how they do it, honestly. They're That's crazy. Absolutely insane. So if you're if if you are all about them and you want to see them as much as you can, you're you're jumping on planes a lot. Oh yeah. Unless I guess you could go do three nights in Chicago and be like, That's exactly. that's it for me. I, I, I got like ten percent of their discography across <laughs> these three nights together, but I'll take it. Wow. Wow. Uh, and again, uh, subreddits is what's keeping you yeah. informed about these guys. And like I follow some music YouTubers that are usually pretty good about here's what I've listened to, here's what's coming up soon. Something any like any that. that come to mind that you want to shout out? I mean, the big ones probably like Fantano. Uh, okay. Most music reviewers slash like wannabe critics online know who Fantano is. He's like the go-to youtube music critic and is he playing music on his whatever his platform is oh no he doesn't play he just talks about the album and like he just gives it a rating i'm I'm doing something right (laughs) (laughs) uh no him uh there's uh brad taste in music i think i mentioned him last time i was on here just like his whole thing is he just does a live stream like two or three times a week Mm. where people get on youtube and you can pay him like per minute to play songs like he'll react to them and like everyone's talking to each other in the chat yep uh and then you could pay him like a couple hundred dollars and he'll do an album and like right to a whole right album i do remember react that it's like track by track and then those track by track albums whenever someone recommends one he'll like edit that and put that out as like a, its own video on youtube and he'll do like requests like uh themed playlists or podcast episodes like people will submit like what's the greatest love song of all time mm. and then he'll like go through people's suggestions uh but he i mean he's charging like ten dollars a minute and people are paying him like hundreds upon hundreds if not thousands of dollars per stream and all he's doing is just sitting there like talking to people listening to music giving his thoughts on it i'm like this dude's got it figured out yeah that's, that's man amazing. That's wow yeah. um so Man, I lost my train of thought, but that made me curious. Um, Real quick, can I use the rest? Oh, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Man, I don't remember what it was, but there was something about that whole um, being paid to check stuff out. I I don't know how he uh, is able to get around copyright stuff. He, so... Uh, since it's a live stream, I guess he can get away. If it's not something like super, like he can never play like a full Kendrick Lamar song or something, or like a Taylor Swift song, will get copyright like immediately. There'll be people like he'll start getting threats from YouTube saying that like, he's had to say before, "Hey guys, we need to stop. I'm gonna end this live stream. Open up a new one in a few minutes, but this one's getting like copyright stru- uh, struck by YouTube. So we gotta we gotta watch it." Uh, but then whenever he posts it, like edits, edits it down for like YouTube and posting it on YouTube as like its own video, he'll put like no more than like a two second clip. Of two? Song. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Like very often, like while he's watching or while he's like listening to music, he'll like pause, like to give his thoughts or like to tell chat to shut up or something. Yeah. And, uh, so like that usually works. Yes. Uh, but it's usually most of his streaming like the eyes on him come from his live streams huh yeah interesting um well so 
I feel like there was some other point about uh, uh, <laughs> King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard is the correct band name, right? Yes. So, so they they've got the manager, they've got their own spot, their uh, where they record, uh, they're producing in house, um, and then touring massively. Um, I just they'll, they'll do like a few months where they tour like like nonstop, and then have a few months where they just record and <laughs> release album after album wow. after album, and then they go like and just flip flop. That's crazy, and like. You would think that uh, if if it wasn't, you know, meant to be or built to last or or, or fun, you know, uh, as fun as it can be for all of them, that they would have done something different. They would have uh, oh, yeah. changed the the approach. Yeah, no, but still working. They're doing the exact same thing they did when they started off, just keeping it fresh with every record. And they've, I mean, like ultimately, word of mouth. Essentially, right? yeah, they're not a very commercial band yeah. by any means. Like they're they're becoming more prominent, like year after year, yeah. more people are yeah. hearing about them. But I still like they're far, far away from like landing a song on the Hot 100. Of or course, like that. of course, like, they're they're among the most well known of underground yeah. bands. Very fascinating, yeah. um, and and you know, kudos to them. Uh, I'll get there one day, but. Uh, it's just, it's daunting. I, that's it's the thing, you know? Daunting. Yeah. Um, I was lucky that they were only like nine or 10 when I started. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is manageable. And then there were 15 by the next year. I was like, I, I came in at the right time. <laughs> dang. Dang. Um, do they, have they talked about some of their influences? Uh, I'm sure they have. Um, you can definitely hear a lot of, like just early psych rock. Okay, um, I've always wanted to attach them somehow to uh, uh, Robert Fripp and King Crimson. You could there's but, a little bit uh, in some of like the the fact that they're very like loose, like with time signatures mm, and mm. with uh, like they keep it like listenable. Everything that like, they haven't really done anything that's just super heady like a King Crimson record. Uh, but they're not also not making just your general, like four on the floor, mm. little tiny, like C major riff here. Like they're, like I said, they're doing microtonal stuff. They're doing straight up prog albums here and there. Wow. They're doing like I said, metal albums. The first metal album they did, uh, infest the rat's nest is what mm. it's called. Just pure thrash metal straight through fantastic album. The second one they did came out earlier this year called a Petrodrachronic Apocalypse. I definitely butchered that. But just a super, they love their long titles. Uh, clearly, it's in yeah, the name. Yeah. Uh, but this one's more like prog metal, like changing time signatures, but also still very like heavy. Yeah. And it never sounds like we were talking before. It never sounds like a gimmick. Like it right. always sounds like they're taking their influences and like paying respect to them by doing something that's just as good. Honestly, I'd put their thrash metal albums up there with some of the the heavy hitters okay. of the genre. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a funny thing has happened since the first time we sat down together, and that's that I've I've had a, a, a few musicians on and a few uh, live music venue folks on, 
Um, and it's, you know, an interesting uh, split, I guess, or, or a grouping of, of musicians in particular, where it's like, um, we 1000% love what we do. We're like the best of friends and we have a spot where we can record a, a spot where we can practice. Um, you know, we, we put stuff out, uh, we, we perform live. Um, but we are by no means aiming for any form of commercial success. This is just artistic expression. Right. And, you know, we'll put stuff on Bandcamp and we have merch and yeah, we'd love if you bought it, but we're not, we all have jobs. Um, we'll get by. yeah. Um, and so like they, I don't know how or, you know, how they wound up where they did, but it feels like they just dove in and it was like either they did have jobs and just never have never slept in 20 <laughs> years or there was some portion of, of wealth, you know, they started with their first like two or three albums like super lo-fi okay like recorded on probably like an eight track mm. in their garage uh and it was after like those started getting some recognition like around like music circles in like their local australia area uh and from there like they were given access to like more yeah better technology better equipment and they just like just rolled with it and just kept upgrading and upgrading and upgrading to the point where literally five albums in a year and they all sound like completely different to one another. And they've got to be making a living. Oh yeah. Doing this. Yeah. But I mean, were they always, and if they weren't like, what was the point where they were like, like it flipped on them? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be fascinating. I to... do think not like, again, they're not a very well known band outside of like music, like underground music. If, you, if you're making a living playing music, Fuck it if you're exactly. not well known, but sorry, it cut you off. Uh, oh, I think Nonagon Infinity is probably their most well known. I think that was the, like around the time I came on. That's like when they were at their peak, like at their, like you said, almost a turning point where they went from like super underground to okay, this album like got a little more recognition than hmm. the ones before it, which is giving people like time to go back and look at their earlier right. stuff. And then I guess that thing was the very next year, if not two years later where they released five albums in a row. And just the fact that they like announced, like, hey, this year we are coming out with five albums. People that had never really listened to King Gizzard, they were like, they're doing what now? Oh, and they already have like almost a dozen albums already, and they're doing five more, and they're going to keep pumping out wow. more and more albums after this. Just like, again, not a gimmick, but right. it's definitely what they're known for. And, and their like their prolificness. cover art is no slouch either right they have some pretty good i mean sometimes it's pretty just generic right. uh but in general like they have some really like infest the rat's nest is like this portal to hell slash like throne looking thing cool uh petro draconic apocalypse is just like the head of a dragon with like a smokestack in the background like, huh it's not always like the most you know, sure. inspired but but stuff that's interesting to it's look always, at it's always going to catch your eye yeah 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 well um, we were last on mutations from 1998, uh, and back then back. midnight vultures one year later, again, 11 tracks, 58 minutes. Um, I am not certain that I could point to this and say, 
I feel like there was a permanent pivot. For- oh, definitely not. If anything, it felt like a back towards the Odelay style okay. after mutation. Okay. Almost like too far of an uh, of a course correction. Uh, not a bad album by any means. It's just like his funkiest, probably his loosest yep. album. Uh, definitely his most like irreverent mm. album. Uh, in general, I really like Midnight Vultures. There's a few songs that I'm like, too much, man. Like you're having too much fun with this. I get it. I love you when you're at your most fun, at your most free. But at the same time, uh, Deborah, I could go the rest of my life without listening to that song. Uh, Hollywood Freaks solely because you've heard it a bunch of times. Not even, just the first time I heard it was listening to this. Oh, this no podcast. kidding. I'd never heard Deborah no kidding. before. And, and you were like, no, thank you, not sir. Not a big fan. Okay. And then I go on to see that it's one of his most popular songs. Right? And I was like, why? <laughs> this is not a good song. Uh, but like Sex Laws, I love that song. Get Real Paid is one of his weirdest songs. It's like that super robotic, like auto-tuned voice. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, the little fluttering electronics in the background. Love that song. Like There's some really good music here sex laws is a great opener i thought but at the same time it's just like i said a little too much at points sure um so uh you were a bit a a pretty big fan of odelay and then mutations you're like meh and then uh, Midnight Vultures, uh, too much course yeah. correction. It, I definitely like it more than Mutations. Okay. It's okay. Like, it falls between the two. Odelay is still, I think, his best album. Again, maybe not my favorite, but I think his most like consistently great album. Uh, Midnight Vultures is him saying, all right, yeah, Mutations was fun. Let's go back to having some real fun. Interesting. And then just, just did not pay any mind to anything else besides just let's have the most fun possible on this record so then what do you make of sea change and this is just the back i think because it's yeah. got the trap but uh 2002 12 tracks 52 minutes kind of staying in that wheelhouse of number of tracks and total running time yeah what uh what what was your takeaway on this one this one felt more like it's almost like we're from Odelay down to mutations up to Midnight Vultures, then kind of back down to Sea Chains. Like he's just trying to find a middle point. Okay. Just like going back and forth between them. Uh, I really enjoyed Sea Change for the most part. Uh, probably about the same as Midnight Vultures. Okay. Even though okay. it's a very different album. Well, absolutely. It's a lot more subdued. But unlike Mutations, it still has a little bit of that fun edge to it. Yep. Uh, there's certain songs on here that I was like, okay, this probably could have fit maybe like maybe not on Odelay, but on a more like an Odelay B side, mm, maybe. Mm. Um, not quite as experimental, not sure. quite as fun, but still like more fun than mutations. Right. Which was very much just a neutered Beck right. <laughs> for the most part. Um, well, I mean, I, I have, had pockets where I've really enjoyed Odelay, Mutations, Midnight Vultures. I, I recognize, respect, enjoy in parts, but Sea Change, I felt like um, uh, the strongest push in the direction of, um, I think I'll probably at least have a peek at everything he does 
moving forward. Right. Because I feel like he's not that polished is the end, and I'm not talking production and sound, and not that polished is the end goal, but as a as a human, as a personality, as a musician, as an artist, like I think there is some value in. Um, say oh this is who i am Mm -hmm. and you know if you're the kind of person that i'm a different me every time i record a record good for you like not not everybody's built that way so it's cool if you are um but i really felt like uh he he hit he hit some kind of stride with this um and and uh you know three years later we get wero with uh 13 tracks 49 minutes um i don't want to uh, taint anything that you're going to say but so if that's where I am I'm like I'll check out uh, I, I, you've earned enough moxie for me to give a, a listen to whatever you put out moving forward and then that's next what do you think uh, this is the beginning of my favorite stretch okay. of back albums. Okay. This is you don't have dare have a holy trinity do you? <laughs> uh, if anything it's this and the two that follow okay. it. Okay okay uh, if I have my order correctly in my mind, but this is like I these are this is the album I think that I had listened to most of beforehand. Really? Okay. Because uh, I knew Epro, I knew Girl, I knew uh, what was the other one? Uh, Go it alone. Go it alone is on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those three I knew. Like I'd listened to those quite a bit before, right. and I really liked all those songs. Then to and K on the uh, K on the right. honestly. Uh, and then to find them all on the same album and for it to be just a great album front to back, yeah. uh, it feels like not quite as all over the place and like in your face as Odelay. This is more like a, I'm going to take what I learned from the last few albums, like Sea mm. Change and Mutations, like that super tight structure, but still with the like hip hop grooves right. and the like more sampling than he's used the past few albums. Like we're going back into like that heavy sampling uh, feel uh and it's just yeah super fun album uh honestly i had this thought every time i listened to this album black tambourine is literally just an e-pro b-side it's got the exact same flow it's the same like cadence that he uses it's like he had so much fun writing e-pro he's like i'm gonna use that for one more song on the same album and no one's gonna say anything uh broken drum i think is a beautiful song Mm. Uh, Go to Loan again is yeah. great. But yeah, those first three from E Pro to K on the to Girl and honestly to Missing, which is a very good, like, he he belts out in that song. Yeah. Like, he's got good pipes. And this is something that I also thought of that I'd kind of noticed on the earlier albums when he was, like, actually trying to sing and not just, you know, having a flow as he talks. But on this album and specifically that song, Missing, there's a little bit of, like, uh, like a grunge twang, mm. almost like a Chris Cornell, Scott Weiland type voice. Cool, just like the like like really restraining <laughs> his lips. Yeah. Not, not an Eddie Vedder like no. from the from the chin singing, right? But more like a like I said, Scott Weiland, yeah. Chris Cornell, yeah. like really hearty, really like pushing his voice to its limits. Like he doesn't have as big a range as like Chris Cornell, but he has that same like almost like intonation as he's singing right that same tone right. uh and again this is 
a great album front to back a few songs again that i could live without hell yes i didn't love uh <laughs> just a little <laughs> too <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a little too weird for me and again black tambourine it's fine but it sounds too close to epro in my opinion that just like why do we have this right. again but again front to back pound for pound I'd put this up against Odalisk. I'd probably prefer this personally to Odalisk. Cool, man. Uh, just for like consistency's sake. But again, this is the beginning of yeah. peak Beck, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, Odalay, uh is like, wow, man, that, you know, just kind of mind-blowing like that dude's still around and then you're like, oh shit he's been making records like non-stop this, yeah, yeah and then you, we get to this and it's like mad respect dude like oh, yeah. you have uh, i don't know if you've had any adversity you know i, th- I think there's all you wake up and go to bed with adversity if you're a, an artist mm-hmm. uh but you know i mean kudos for like still being in the game exactly. and, and and kill a record you know, uh, and and now I'm gonna have to fucking poke around at the rest <laughs> of the shit. Um, they have to still be putting out like hits, like charting singles. Yeah. Like Girl was a Billboard Hot 100 yeah. charting single. Yeah, uh, Epro maybe was, but Girl I know was, and it's like we're almost a decade removed at this point from Loser, from right, not quite as far removed, but like from Odalay and like where it's at. And Devil's Haircut and songs like that. And it's like, damn, he's still he's still got it. Yeah, he's still yeah. able to crank out some hits. Well, um, I have uh, an, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm also serious. And when I say that um, I have a relationship with the, the record, he would follow that up with one year later, The Information. Mm-hmm. 2006, 15 tracks, 61 minutes. Um, I think that I have a relationship with that record that is rooted in uh, a little bit of trauma. In that um, in 04, uh, when I got accepted to grad school, I was living with a buddy and I was like, I got to live by myself. There's no way I can work and, and try to get a master's and focus if I have if I'm living with somebody else and blah, blah, blah. So I move into this home that was uh, split vertically. So like if you come up on the front porch, there's two front doors and it was 6127. And then my place was 6127 and a half. And it was literally like the staircase of that home. But no, that's not true. This staircase was, it wasn't the primary but anyway, you go up and then it's, you know, uh, the spot and, and there's a closet uh, in the in the place downstairs where you open that closet and it's the staircase up to my, but they had just, you know, covered it with floor. Right. So we share a yard. We share a basement where the laundry facility is. And so I, I move in and um, there is a guy who's young, like in his 20s mid to late 20s and he lives there with his mom and his mom is an over-the-road truck driver so she's gone three weeks out of the month Mm -hmm. and he one of the very first things he tells me is that um he 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 smokes weed all day and all night but he's allergic to it so he's got some kind of medication that he takes to counter the symptoms 
Interesting. Um, and beside that, dedicated pothead. Dedicated for sure. Beside that, I don't know that he did anything else mm. with it. Like, he didn't have a. I mean, so there was, uh, you know, uh, his mom for whatever reason. I don't know if she was changing jobs, but they're moving. Um, and this family from um, North Dakota rents the place and it's a gal with her two kids and the oldest is like um like a 12 13 year old autistic boy and then a, and a and then a daughter and and the and the mom's boyfriend and whatever conglomeration of pets that they have and they literally roll up uh with their truck and their u-haul and all their belongings and uh to move in and mom is just getting back from being gone and he was supposed to pack the whole house and hadn't done anything. Right. So now these people are like this, we, this, this is, is our house. Yeah. Now. And they're <laughs> like, well, you know, and so they're like hustling to get stuff out and they're moving stuff in. And it was insane. You could, I mean, everything was audible about, you know, in my place and he, the boy would run back and forth and like jump, He'd like throw himself into the wall and he had like token phrases that he would holler. It was, it was like virtually impossible to concentrate and study there. And then, um, I don't, I, I swear to God that beef was part of their dinner every, just every <laughs> night around dinner, I could smell beef being cooked. And I don't know how this, like what was happening, but they started like compiling their trash uh, in our backyard. And it was like, I mean, barrels full of maggots. I mean, I discovered it. I, like I, I was whatever, cutting the grass and, and like, fuck, you know, what is, and then I was like, Oh my God. And so I, I parceled it. I reparceled it up in the dark because I didn't want them to think I was being a creep going through their trash. But I I was like, this can't be here anymore. And tomorrow's trash. So I got it all out and they, I came home and they had like done a big, huge chalk drawing saying thank you on our shared porch. And I was like, oh, just don't, please don't, don't do, do that, that again. again. <laughs> yeah. And they did like a second and, and it got to the point where he was like taking trash in his truck to go to his construction site. I was like, I, how, first of all, where is this trash coming from? <laughs> second of all, just fucking put it out on trash night. Right. Like, I mean, and it was, it was, it was, and then they like adopted a puppy and it had fleas. And so when I would go down to do laundry, I would come back up with like 40 fleas on each sock. It was brutal. And I don't remember what happened, but they moved out. And then there was a couple of students living there and they were fine. Whatever. We partied a little bit together, but they were gone pretty quickly and then a dude moved in by himself. His name was Mark Huddleston. And um, uh, like the first night he was there, uh, I'm my room, which didn't even have a door, uh, is at the back of the place. And I'm laying there in bed. And I it's immediately can tell that he's directly below me smoking cigarettes. And I was like, ah, I kind of toss and turn. And then I was like, actually, that's there's not OK. No. Um, and so, and there was, it was, it was a, like a tiny little screened in porch and he, he just stepped out, 
but my bed is right above. Mm. So I was like, dude, you know, and, and, you know, I would see him, he was like managing a Kinko's and very, very sharp, very nice. Also very, uh, uh sad from time to you know, time to time. And he had a, a sibling in town who was married. So he would kind of go to, um, the occasional family thing, but he like was very much alone and it was like palpable. Um, and so we would hang sometimes, um, you know, talk about whatever. And then I think he would take those deposits of our relationship and, and then be like, um, all right, now it's okay for me to smoke. You know, I can smoke. And it's, it's like every time I was like, dude, and I would, te- I, that texting is now alive and breathing mm-hmm. as a thing now. And eventually it got to the point where I had to like reach out to the landlord. Cause I was like, Ser- seriously, man, like you just, you gotta just go out on the front porch or out in the backyard. I know you don't want to put your shoes on or whatever. Anyway, point of the story is, um, uh, the information comes out like, right around the time that he moves in. And I don't know if he had just a boom box and that CD and that CD alone, (laughs) but I swear to God for like nine months, if he was home, that was on and it was loud. Um, so like, like, you know, a handful of years went by before I, you know, owned it Mm -hmm. on my own. And, and I, I think I actually did end up buying the CD but it was it's just like there's not a portion of a song that i don't know like my own, the back of my own hand and you know it's a weird weird feeling to have that experience with that record because i think it's a pretty amazing record it's a great great album like, it might be my favorite back album period i like, mean just bon, gron, gron you know cell phones that chameleon yeah lost in and then uh um there's just some i won't even say songs there's just like passages of songs that are like whoa 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 what was that go back to that yeah yeah anyway uh what about you for this one just Again, from the very beginning, elevator music, fantastic opener. Think I'm in love is in the front running for like one <laughs> of my favorite back songs. To say. That's so who doesn't good. feel that way about love. It is, yeah. You know? It's just a very like, like it's like a kid, like a, like a very uh, I'm gonna say immature, but like young, naive sure. perspective. Just like, uh, well, if she, you... do, uh, she doesn't really notice when I'm around and mm. it makes me kind of nervous to say so, like you said, and stuff like that. It's like a very, like, it doesn't sound like it's being written by a man in his 30s or 40s or however old he was at this point. Like, right. It sounds like confessions from a teenage diary. Like, right. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, do you believe uh, that um, a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman can have a long-term successful platonic relationship. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, uh, it's not quite that cut and dry. Um, but where I'm going with this is if you have, uh, been the male, let's say for example, sake in that kind of relationship. And then, uh, one day you say, Hey, uh, I got feelings I've, for you. And I've had them forever. I've just always been kept them bottled. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. Like no. that relationship is forever changed in probably one of two ways. Yeah. 
you know, so I think uh, sometimes an, an artist just says a funny little line about the human experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's... I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Strange Apparition and Soldier Jane are great. Nausea is a great song. New Round is a very, like, same, just very calm, like, little breather moment, but still almost like a, like a Radiohead mm. vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, it's quiet, but it's still bustling. And there's like there's like little flurries of electronics in the background, some vocal manipulation yeah. that like all just comes together, and you're like, "What is going on right now? This is a lot, but it's all thoughtful, like, it, it's mindful. all fitting together so yeah. perfectly that you don't really notice all the moving parts yeah. going on there. And it's almost like this can't all have been intentional. Some of this you right. lucked into, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of teasing. He probably was mindful about right. it, but. There's so many weird little oddities that mm-hmm. work well with whatever is around them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And um, then not a huge fan of the the last, like the horrible fanfare, Landslide, Exoskeleton, the okay. little triple suite. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I think Motorcade, the information movie, that's a pretty good, strong run of songs yeah. to end it on. And then that comes in. And it's like, okay, I get it. It's a little, I guess, credits roll. Yes, moment. yes, absolutely. Uh, like little pieces from previous songs, like that little chameleon yeah. <laughs> riff comes back again. Uh, Which, and you know, I mean, uh, this is, uh, so I guess by this time I've had a cell phone for five or six years. Um, but just, and I know we hear it a thousand times on the record, but cell phone's dead, lost in the desert, mm-hmm. and it's like, That's I mean. That's it. It's over for you. It <laughs> is. It totally is. And how yeah. quickly... We didn't we didn't need this thing for all of you know eternity until now and now if we don't have Can't it live without yeah. it. Yeah. Well, um, so two years later, uh, ten tracks, fifty three minutes, modern guilt. This was this is a very concise album. This uh, the information was the first of three where you thought. This is his best run. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Information, Modern Guilt. Okay. Modern Guilt, fantastic album as well. Uh, I'd never heard Gamma Ray. Also, I wasn't surprised to learn that that's one of his biggest songs. Like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's a single. That's that's 100%. (laughs) That is this album's single. Right. I get it. But no, there's some really good songs on here that sound nothing like what he's ever done before. And I think specifically of Walls, Mm. which the moment I heard that, I was like, this is Beck. This sounds incredible. It's like that that violin going back and forth all over the song. It's just like that the drums, that rhythm, uh, profanity pages mm. or profanity prayers. I mean, fantastic song. the tr- The title track, "Modern Guilt," is Absolutely. so good. It's got like that uh, old school like vaudeville vibe yeah. almost, <laughs> yeah. just like the the tack piano, yeah. volcano. Great, great closer. It's just I think. Like some songs on here kind of felt like they could have fit on other albums. Yeah. Some sound like they're just completely out of nowhere. And it's just a very good, I think, snapshot of all that Beck could offer in this like later era. Yeah. Not as like in your face as the earlier sure. stuff, but still like enough experimentation, like that you could definitely be still surprised that right. he's putting out songs like Walls and was I think it's Soul of a Man that's got like that really like crunchy guitar riff. I think so. Uh, just yeah, great, great album. So if we can all, re- with relative ease, agree uh, to to the definition of guilt, 
what is modern guilt? It's a great question. <laughs> we're getting philosophical. I mean, maybe it's that whole thing we were just talking about where it's like, for all of human existence, we didn't need and cell now, phone, are, and now yeah. we can't live without, like... I think it is definitely have something to do with, like, the fact that we're all a lot more aware of the world at large. I think the world's gotten a lot smaller, in a sense, in that, for example, in colonial times... You'd have no idea what was going on. The one town zip code over, over. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. This, you, your world. They've was, been killing your, folks over there exactly. for decades. Holy like, shit! You have one, maybe two square miles around you, and that is all you really know. Versus now, you can pull out your phone and see, you know, drone strikes in Israel and uh, kids going hungry in Ethiopia, and it's like, wow, that's not that's not a whole world away anymore. It's literally at your fingertips. Well, and here's the you know, full look into my. Uh, you know, sort of uh, level of unawareness, but I did see here in the last day or so, you know, folks saying stand with Israel and maybe even Barack Obama had a tweet. Like, there's been a lot going on. Is that weird? Yeah. Drone strikes? Is that. Uh, so, without getting like too into the yeah. weeds, because obviously it's like a centuries long political conflict. Right. But it's, you know, Hamas, which is the provincial government of Palestine. Mm-hmm. They're basically a terrorist organization parading as a government. They took their decades of frustrations and hostilities inflicted on them by the Israeli Israeli military and just unleashed, you know, attacks upon attacks on Israel. And now it's getting to the point where like Israel, fa- fatalities are happening. Oh, yeah. On both sides. They're like Israel's shit. mounting a counterattack. Oh, and so shit. it's starting to get right now. now. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, you know, it's possible to support the Palestinian people while also saying, hey, let's not drone strike anybody. Maybe that's not right. the way to do things. Uh, and the the sad part is that, you know, it's only going to get worse. Israel yeah. is kind of, I mean, they just can outman the Palestinians like 100 to 1. Like, it's not really a matter of, like, they're not on equal footing here. So why would they do that? I mean, this, they they let their frustrations bottle over. and Essentially. I now mean, there's no kickbacks. Exactly, yeah. Uh, again, I'm not a like a political scientist or anything. This right. is just what I've been informed right. uh, and like making my own conclusions from that. But really, it but that's just, a really good example. I mean, like you know, uh, you just this is the corner of the world that you live in. You have no idea, and then you find oh, there's a town over there, and then you find out oh, there's an ocean, and then on the other side of it, there's even more. They've towns. been murdering each other for yep. centuries over religion. You know, uh, it. <laughs> It's not quite that cut and dry, I don't right. think, but over land, yes, over, yes, over glory, rights, over yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think, like you said, when it comes back to like modern guilt, it's kind of accepting that, oh, that's kind of what humans have always been, whether we've really like paid attention to it or not. Hmm. There's always been that, maybe not armed conflict, but there's always been that like tension right. between us. Uh, and it's gotten like a lot more prevalent now that we can all see what everyone else is thinking at all times. Yeah. Like, before sadly. it used to be like, oh, hey, that's that's my coworker. I can know about him at work and not have to deal about <laughs> what I know about him outside of work. Yeah. But now when he's posting, you know, Confederate flags on his Instagram, you're like, I wish we could have just kept it to a professional know, relationship because now I'm going to look think of you much differently yeah. going forward. Wild. Well, um, so, gosh, do I have this correctly that Modern Guilt was uh, 2008 and then six years 
later, uh, morning Is that phase. How long it was for morning phase? Uh, Thirteen tracks, forty-seven minutes. I read somewhere. I love, I, you know. Really unfortunately, like his album. face is is uh, on. I don't know if it's on his record, his cover art too much. Um, you, do, you see a lot of Beck. You do. Yeah. You do. This I, I really like. This it's one. a nice cover. Um, I really like it. And I read somewhere that this. Um, I, I I can't say if it was intentional or not, but I read somewhere that this was sort of viewed as a sequel to Sea Change. I can definitely and see I can't that. un you know associate the two that. at that point, um, but we are uh, out of your top three. Age. Yeah. So so this is a drop for you. Oh, this is a pretty sizable drop. Okay, uh, mo- not it's not a bad album. I just really love the okay. three albums that came before this. They were peak back, and I was I knew it wasn't going to stay that good forever. Yeah, and then I knew I kind of expected it to like tone down after Modern Guilt because Modern Guilt kind of did feel like a here's all the ideas I've had for the past several years, just putting them on this album. Uh, And then this was much more of like a, okay, I'm taking a step back, just a guitar, a couple effects here and there. Uh, It works for the most part. I enjoy the album. It's just, you know, tough act to follow up with these three. Fair. Uh, Compared to what follows, this is uh, this is gold. Oh this, no! This is incredible. Seriously, I, I do not like uh, the albums that we have yet to talk about. But this, like, don't let it go. I think is a fantastic song. Phase is really good. Turn away, like, not a big fan of Heart as a Drum. There's mm. there's some really good songs on here. It's just as a whole, it feels very toned down, which okay. is obviously nothing new to Beck, like mutations and sea change. Uh, but this feels a lot more like consciously. I am not doing any of that other stuff that I've been known for. I'm just a songwriter. I'm a singer songwriter. And that is it on this album. And it works. Just not my favorite flavor. Of Interesting. Beck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if morning phase uh, is, a, is a drop off from modern guilt, then colors of 2017, not a fan, not a fan, not at all. Uh, I'll say this almost exclusively because of wow. Mm. Wow. Is one of the worst songs I've ever listened to in my life. I could not stomach this song. Okay. The first time I heard it a few weeks ago, I tried listening to it again a few days ago does not sit with me. Okay. I tried again earlier today, hate it even more. Just, Just that track. That track in particular. Okay. I, there's maybe two or three tracks over here overall that I say I enjoy. Uh, I'm So Free, I think, is a pretty good song. Uh, Seventh Heaven is okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just feels so... like I get he was being tongue-in-cheek, but it just feels so of the time and like dated at this point and like so i don't know embroiled in all those annoying pop clichés of the time like the group vocals mm. and the yes and just like the really upbeat like we're never going to die mentality and i don't know it's just a very <laughs> so I, you didn't at any point listening to this record let's pretend for the sake of this portion that wow is not on this album uh, at, at any point you never went wow this is really pretty uh i'm trying to think not not really okay there were points where i was like okay this is fun I'm, i kind of get what you're cool. going for cool. this is cool but it really felt like beck trying his hardest not to be beck mm. at points and backfire 
very much a Kay. backfire in my opinion. Again, not a terrible album. It, like it was listenable. Okay. I'll give it okay. that. Okay. I would listen to this over stereopathic soul <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but not by much because okay. that album was at least like taking risks and yes, like there was there yes. was like a rawness and an everybody, everybody is eager to hand out their edgy points exactly you know? yeah with this it's very much like okay here's what everyone else is doing i'm just gonna do my own version of that except he's too talented for an album like this okay like that's fair c or morning phase i didn't love it Mostly because, like, I just don't like that flavor sure. of Beck. Yeah. This is more my flavor of Beck, and I hate it more, wow. much more than wow. Morning Phase because it just feels so, like, disauthentic. Like, yeah. Okay. Very, I mean, just, I, like, I see it. I see yeah. it. I see it. Uh, well, gosh. Um, I'm terrified. That you're a fan. <laughs> um, I, I don't, you know, I think maybe I came to these last three uh with perhaps an inflated sense of appreciation there and so maybe that means i got in the chair and put these on without like my music critic <laughs> thinking brain fair yeah. and so like whatever was going to come out i was going to be like nice work buddy you know which so i'm very curious um I'm assuming that a portion of this for me with hyperspace, which is his last in 2019, I think maybe there's something in the pipes right now. I'm not, I've heard, yeah, <clears throat> talks of perhaps but, a new one. Um, hyperspace, uh, 11 tracks, 39 minutes, co- collaborative project with Pharrell Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, is, and again, maybe it's because it's the newest, and so I have the 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 smallest relationship with it. But it's like every record of his prior to this, I have had some form of opinion on, and I don't know what to do with this one. Like, I think there are quality for me as somebody that liked colors somewhat mm-hmm. like there are some similar qualities oh it's that, similar that, <laughs> <laughs> it is very similar let it all out it is the slightest of steps up I okay think, from okay. colors there are again some songs that i enjoyed uh saw lightning is pretty mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. see-through is all right i enjoyed stratosphere but again like the pharrell production you can it it feels like yep. pharrell production yep. Uh, Which I, you know, it's not a bad thing. I no, enjoy and, for and he's a producer. Had some other folks produce a track here and there or feature. Uh, oh, he's part of the Neptunes. Like he is, he's one of the like hip hop producers of the past few decades. Is Pharrell? Well, I meant back on. Pre- oh, I thought we were talking uh, on previous records. Yeah, he's dabbled with. I uh, didn't. Modern Gill, I think, was a. Uh, Produced by Danger Mouse. Yes, uh, yes, and somebody else was in the mix. And there's, yeah, there've been a few where he's collaborated. And I didn't, I didn't omit those intentionally, but it felt like, oh yeah, uh, it, it, it's almost, it almost wanted to be known that this was who was, yeah. And it was like, oh, I, I can, I, can I mean, see. yeah, this is post Happy Pharrell, post right. Get Lucky Pharrell, right? When he went from being like an underground, like a mainstream producer, but not as like visible and not as like well known right and then get lucky came out and happy came out and it's oh it's pharrell everyone knows pharrell now yeah fucking pharrell yeah (laughs) uh but yeah for this album again i'm not a huge fan but it's better than colors 
and there are like redeeming moments on it. There's no wow on here, which automatically makes it, you know, at least 10 times better. Right. But overall, yeah, good ish improvement over colors. I'd still put these two pretty firmly at the bottom okay. of my Fair effect enough. list. Like Stereopathic Soul Manure, again, at least it was raw yeah. and taking exciting. chances. Like you, yeah. you, there was potential there. Yeah. This is a man who's already seen out his potential and gone, I don't care. I'm just gonna do whatever I want now. And he's having fun. It's not, you know, like the end of the world. Right. It's not like he's completely sold out and he's right. just making the absolute most garbage music except for wow. <laughs> but <laughs> there is there is at least some stuff from the those early albums that you could like see where it was going in the future with these i really hope there is no, no more of this okay, okay going forward i hope you're listening back i mean <laughs> this is for you yeah uh yeah this is so a very disappointing end interesting to, to this to his discography so, so far yeah. now that those are all in a pile together what do you make of this dude like i said at the beginning i've got very differing opinions uh, as far as the human being Beck, i don't know him well enough to judge right. him on that i know that he's a former scientologist uh, and i respect him for i don't know he's very pretty private about his uh personal life i respect him if it was his choice if he or whatever went on there i respect him for no longer being a scientologist uh and he seems was, was there some kernel of controversy about that departure or did he at one point say something that later didn't wind up seeming true or i have no idea okay. how he left i just know that was he like, born he was, raised, he was born okay. and raised scientologist okay and at some point later after that he was no longer a scientologist okay so uh well, respect him for that yeah and again i have no reason to hate the guy personally but What's his music musically yes is very divisive <laughs> there is again some absolutely amazing songs some really good to great albums but at no point or at very few points was i like oh my god this is this is good like this is amazing there were a few tracks that did that for me but there was there was also enough fluff in between okay and like i think if substantial if i can take uh the information as a whole and loser <laughs> and remove them um and, and i'm just doing that because it's way too familiar right um and then so everything else is left i would say uh there's at least uh Double digit, you know. I'll say there's at least ten songs that I love, That's and a and, good amount, yeah. and maybe more. You know, and maybe it's fifteen, um, and um, it, but seldom uh, am I enamored by everything that those tracks are surrounded by. Right. But I, but I, it, but I think I'm like protective. Like I don't want to have to defend that love. You know, it's a weird. No, I get that. I, I think he's a, a, an interesting, weird artist. Oh yeah, that um, is definitely true. So, uh, if you're teaching a college 101 class about him, what are some things someone might see on your syllabus? Uh, damn, that's a good question. And it, you know, maybe you're talking about 
music as a whole and, and or maybe the whole thing is you know it, it, it all has to tie back to him but i mean what would some some key points in the honestly course? yeah like a whole honestly the fact that he like i said earlier was one of the first like more mainstream people to incorporate hip-hop influences you would need like at least a few weeks on like the development of hip hop okay, and how that eventually led to, you know, this scrawny little white guy, <laughs> uh, interpolating, you know, hip hop samples and, uh, like rapping essentially in some of his songs, uh, you would need, you know, his folk background. It feels like a lot of the, the first few weeks of the, the course would be, like not so much about Beck, but like all the different pieces that he eventually borrowed from. Okay. I think that's what makes him most interesting. It's not like his talent, which is undeniable. It's his like knowledge of music mm. as an art form and its evolution. And he's like, okay, I'm going to borrow these pieces from here and th- these pieces from there. And then have the wherewithal to know how to connect them into something that will become as big as where it's at or as right, loser. Right. Because a lesser artist would have tried something like that and it would have been like a monumental catastrophe. Right. Like he'd be laughed out of the room and it would still be a meme to this day. <laughs> but with Beck, like it's enough, like there's enough talent and earnestness I, behind it that you're like, oh wow, this this dude actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. I can get behind it. I hope whoever would have been the person that created that meme would have had some modern guilt after it got out <laughs> contributing to right that. um so biggest takeaway from 1993 to 2019 uh, discography wise super talented guy that doesn't always follow through on that talent which i'm sure is by design you know you don't have to put out the most groundbreaking right uh, envelope pushing uh, music all times at all times uh, but it's also annoying to like have such great songs, like you said earlier, and then a song like Deborah or a song like Wow that you're just like, why did you need to do that? Yeah, like, I I get I get what you're going for. You're just trying to have fun and right. like go with it, but it doesn't. It just doesn't sound good. Yeah, you know, like the music. It's still about the music at the end of the day. You can have all the fun you want, but you still gotta be making good music. Yeah. Fair. So uh, obviously, we, nobody knows. Uh, uh, best guess for number of uh, studio albums that he puts out moving forward. Is it three? Is it twenty? I mean, I think we're past his days of like, like I said, it was like a six-year break mm-hmm. between Modern Guilt and uh, Morning, Morning Face. Phase. Yeah. Uh, if another album comes out in the like next year, that'll have been what four or five years since Morning f- or since a Hyperspace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he's at the point where like yeah, his discography is legendary enough as is. Like people know Beck, people aren't gonna be like. But do you think he? You know, uh, let's just to keep it easy, Bob Dylan just continued to put out music and like he's maybe gonna die doing that you know i I could see that definitely definitely you know it's gonna be several years between each because you know he's getting older he's not really trying to have that same like style that he did back then uh but i do think that he's got at least you know two albums okay three might be pushing it i don't think he's got more than three okay uh 
but I think he's still he's still definitely got enough creative juices yes to pump out something at least moderately listenable. Again, these last two albums, I did not enjoy them, but they were still, you know, listenable. Sure. Sure. There was still some creativity behind it. Yes. Like there was a driving force. Um, are you glad you did this? I as am. far as the the investment to, to listen to it all? Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't have probably done anywhere near this deep of a dive into Beck on my own. Okay. And, you know, I'm always, you no, know, not everything you listen to is going to be gold. Right. I enjoyed, like, going through the scar because now I Some can say. Some of it's going to be mellow gold, exactly. man. <laughs> uh, uh, and some of it, I like. I can look back and say, like, I learned more about Beck, and by extension, a little more about like music as a whole. Like, he fits pretty snugly into that like late '90s, early sure. 2000s kind of irreverent hip hop, electronic infused, right? Alternative rock, uh, and he's probably like the most visible face of that. Yeah, and so like I'd say, yeah, he's a very integral point interesting in, in, integral figure yeah. in the history yeah. of uh alternative music yeah that being said i still wouldn't count him as one of like my favorite sure. artists like so i can now, admire what he did and still say yeah, he had some some pretty big duds in there at the same time so you you've still got that record store and you still are keeping each of his records in stock are they are you finding stuff in different genres or is he in I think it's all pretty firmly in the al- alternative. If an alternative section okay. like I mean, a devoted alternative set I mean if it's my story yeah there's an alternative section okay. he's definitely in there all okay. his stuff is all in his there. stuff one foot in the grave you could maybe put like in the folk section uh the wow as a song is just pure trap <laughs> and it's like nothing against trap. There are some good trap music out there. Wow is not one of those songs. What is, what is trap? Uh, it's a style of rap. It's like the oh. the really pronounced hi hats and like more like down key. Okay. Vibe. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but I definitely that song is like his take on like oh trap's cool. Let me do a trap song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, backfired yeah. horrendously. Uh, but besides that. Like most of his stuff is rock at its core, at least with you know hip hop thrown in or more folky stuff on Morning Phase and Sea Change, and uh, it's still you know he is a rock artist sure. at his core, a so, very knowledgeable and influenced rock artist, but a rock artist nonetheless. Right. So if somebody's listening to this and it, it finds themselves in the position that you were in prior to this in that you've heard the singles or a good portion of the singles, but you've, uh, and you've had curiosity to check out a record, but you've never, there's not never been that push to make you do it. Uh, what's the go-to that, that someone should start with? Honestly, probably Odele. Odele. I think okay. that's the best like sampling of okay. him at his peak. Okay. Like, uh, right after that, probably either the information or Wero. Mm. modern guilt. I love it as much as those other two. It's definitely a little more of like a Beck fan album. Like it's not as immediately attractive right. as some other albums. But if you've like listened to everything he's put out before then and worked your way up to Modern Guilt, then you're like, okay, yeah, this is this is a really good album. This is very unlike the rest of his discography, right. but not in a way that's like super indicative of the rest of his discography. Sure, sure. Whereas Odelay 
he still kept those like that same spirit throughout most of his career and then you have like Wero and the information which are kind of that same spirit but a little more toned down right. more like tight like i said before more structured sure not as many just like the random ideas thrown in like i keep going back to it but where it's at has like 20 different things going on in a five second span like it's got like a sax solo and then some random voice in the background saying uh let's make this a two horse town and then, <laughs> you know uh it's random stuff yeah. like that that stuff didn't really stick through the rest of his discography no which kind of makes odelay a very singular experience interesting but at the same time it's him at his peak and it's like yes if you enjoy this there will be stuff you enjoy on other albums right um so who is somebody that uh whether it's the last month or the last six months um what's something a piece of music you've been or an artist that you've been obsessing over that is is maybe it's a new discovery as an artist for you or maybe it's a new release by somebody you already kind of like what if what has been playing for you you know since summer or spring let's see this year there's been a, quite a few good releases over the past few months uh not nece- not necessarily new new music but just what have you been into um, i've I've gone to quite a few concerts over the past few months. So the bands I've seen, I've gone like who have you seen? Phase, uh, I saw LCD Sound System. Okay, early. I saw them in Chicago with my sister. Oh, just the two of you? Uh-huh. How was that show? Phenomenal. Yeah. Idols opened for them. Okay, it was one of the best shows. Wow. Uh, what was the I venue? Saw, it was some park. It was like a little mini festival they were okay. doing. Uh, well attended. It was, it was a sizable crowd. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, enough room that I could like you know spread out. It wasn't like a Lollapalooza. Sure, where you were, sure. Uh, but no, it was, it was a sizable crowd. Uh, I, I don't know. Some of them didn't either hadn't heard of LCD Sound System or didn't know what to expect. But the first like first few songs, the crowd wasn't super into it. And I was like, you guys are watching Legends right now. Like, let's show some fucking respect. <laughs> but by like the fourth or fifth song, like people were like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. Cool. And then my sister and I the whole time were just back there. She's a big fan too. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice, uh, nice collectively like they're our favorite band like and our biggest what's the age point. split uh four years and she's four years younger than me. she's four years younger mm-hmm. right 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 okay so you saw them in chicago i saw them i saw death grips here uh a few months ago i saw ween oh here. they were at grinders that I, was a fantastic i heard show. that it was a really great they show absolutely killed it. i love ween wow they're a great band and that show was just Sort of solidified my love for them. Not a direct comparison, but sort of cut from the same cloth as uh, King Gizzard and the Wizard. Lady. Oh yeah, right. Just fan similar fan base. Uh, very devoted fan base and yeah. just super all over the place. Right, like, right. From song to song to song, you'll get like a mellow ballad, and then like a like a thrashing punk track, and then you'll get like a like tongue in cheek little happy electronic. Uh, no, it was Ween was amazing. Okay. I loved them. Uh, I saw Queens of the Stone Age here. Oh, at Starlight. Yes, and uh, also heard uh, that they that they put on a good show. That was a fantastic. And and show. somebody was saying the light show, the sound, Everything. like the like whole his interaction with the crowd. Josh Homme had everyone in the palm of his hands. It nice. was amazing. Uh, from if I my sources are correct, that was the first encore they've done this whole tour that they've been on this year. They haven't done a single encore or like they've done like a, we'll leave the stage for a minute and then come back. But 
here at the start. Like they they left for like a good five minutes, and everyone was just still losing their minds. Or nice. And they came out and did like a, a real full three encore. song, yeah, real three song encore. Not, oh, cool. Uh, and no, yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, I feel like there's one. I mean, oh, um, I saw uh, Black Country New Road. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're I, pretty new. I have heard of that name, but they I'd... are very good. Uh, Another band that my sister and I both love. Uh, they were playing in Lawrence at the Granada. Oh, fun! Uh, and that was uh, also an amazing show. There was one drunk asshole next to me that kept talking between songs, and I was like, "I'm not here to see you, man. I'm here to see the band." Talking to you? Uh, no, just oh. to everyone. Okay, okay. Uh, like at one point in between songs, like one of the band members was like talking about something, and the guy goes, "Let's talk more rock." And oh. I was like, "Shut the fuck up, God. man! No one cares about what you have to say right now." Uh, Still fantastic show. They were lovely. It was like, you've seen the Granada. It's a pretty small yeah. venue. And they're like a six-piece, like, indie would be the closest, I guess you could call it. Sure. Like post-rock, chamber rock, indie. Yeah. Uh, it was loud. Like, it's just six people just going nuts on Whoa. their instruments. Okay. Uh, they're very, like, their songs, like, start off kind of slow more, and they just, like, build and build to where by the end of it, it's just, you know chaos sure. all over the place uh but yeah that was a fantastic show yeah it's been a it's been a pretty good year for so conference. those are some shows that you've seen but at home on the drive wherever uh who, who back the past few months <laughs> no i know but outside of that who have you been listening to and what if what has really been uh you know doing it for you let's see what have i been listening to just pull up my Spotify and see like my recently played uh, System of a Down. Okay, uh, I still they're one of my favorite bands. I come back to them like once or twice a that's, year. That's always fun to do. Uh, let's see what else have I got in here. There's lots of Beck. Most <laughs> of my Spotify is Beck. Uh, some Captain Beefheart. Oh wow! Clear okay. Spot by okay. Captain Beefheart is one of my favorite albums nice. of all time. Marty Robbins <laughs> in here as well. Uh, Lots of Radiohead. I went through another big Radiohead. Oh, what do you think uh, pushed you in that direction? Uh, I know. It's just been like a very up and down year. And Radiohead's a very, you know, they've got mostly moody songs. But they've got like a good variety. Sure. If you're like down in the dumps, they've got music for that. If you're like trying to get out of being down in the dumps, they've got music for that too. Uh and they've always been one of my favorites. They're another band that I revisit a lot. I saw a Vampire Weekend mm. came up on there. I love Vampire okay. Weekend. Uh, same thing with them. They like I'll hear one song by them, and then I'll just all right. That's all I'm listening to for the next few weeks. I'm going it, nice. through a discography. Nice. Like I know all their uh, albums. Um, I'm just a little bit of everything. Cool. Uh, Armand Armand Hammer uh, and JPEG Mafia with Danny Brown have released some really good hip hop albums this year. Danny Brown uh, is in uh, that's now part of the your mom's house. Yeah, okay, he, he, the Danny Brown show. On, yeah, drops on Tuesdays. I yeah. think he, he. I did hear somebody say probably on a clip of his that he had just put put something out. Mm-hmm. But he's been putting out stuff. Oh, he's been rapping for like well over a decade. Now, right, yeah. but he's put out a fair amount of stuff too. Right. Uh, he's not super. He's got maybe like five okay, albums, that's... I think five or six albums, which is still a good amount. Some of them are you know absolute classics. Then he released a collaborative album with JPEG Mafia earlier okay. this year, which is one of the most insane hip hop records I think I've ever listened to. Really, in oh, a yeah. good way. 
In a good way, yes. Okay. Very, it's a very chaotic record. Okay. Like if you ever, I don't know if you ever listened to JPEG Mafia. No, I can't but... get over how intriguing that name is, though. <laughs> it's interesting. JPEG Mafia. Yeah, wow. all capital letters, all one. Oh word. wow. JPEG Mafia. Okay. Uh, I saw him last year. He opened for Turnstile here uh, at I think it was at the up was it the Uptown Theater. I think it was at the Uptown okay. Theater. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's a very like he he's his own producer and he's a very like sample heavy, okay, chaotic, noisy producer. Fascinating. Uh, his their collaborative album is great. Arm and Hammer. They're a hip hop duo. Uh, Billy Woods and Elucid. They released an album I think just last week that mm. is phenomenal. Animal Collective, one of my absolute favorite bands. They released their latest album like two or three weeks ago. Okay, I've been listening to them a lot nice. this year. I I know the name but have not what what can you describe uh, them? Meriwether Post Pavilion is their most popular album for sure. Like, like the, the venue? Com- yeah, it's named after the okay. from Baltimore. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh a lot of their songs reference Baltimore, but they, you know, their first few years was just not very commercially appealing at all. It's like noise collages and just them like recording out in the middle of a forest, just, like, screams and, like, banging on instruments and whatnot. Wow. And then by, like, their fourth or fifth album, they kind of started streamlining it into, like, more song structures. Mm. And then by, like, 2009, 2010, they were a full-on, like, experimental pop band. Okay. Uh, and they still, like, experiment quite a bit within that pop mentality. Wow. Like, there's psychedelic stuff. There's, like, more, like, really noisy stuff. But... They're another one of those bands, like, from album to album, they still have their same sound, but they experiment and, like, pivot around that sound sure. in so many different ways. And this last album that they just released and the album before it are, like, their two probably mellowest albums, mm. which came after, like, a pretty long period of relative inactivity from the band. And then it's kind of, like, not a second peak, but it's, like, these two albums that they've released, like, back-to-back over the past, like, two years... It's like, okay, there's Animal Collective again. They're still doing it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of everything. Right on. So I guess the the final looming question is, uh, as we roll, uh, you know, into the middle point of the 10th month of the year, will there be a top 25 this year or no? Probably not. No. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I'm always just, like, keeping track. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think I'll have any way to, like, really. You can't. I mean, you can post on Reddit, right? I can, yeah. And have they you do, posted so in people? They have a, a thing on Reddit that I've contributed to in the past. Like, for the month of December, uh, you can sign up, like, at the end of November, and you get one day, and you pick one album for the, for the entire year, and you just talk about that album oh. on its own post. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that's kind of appealing, but it's not as cool as, like, talking about own, multiple like, albums yeah. that you like. Um. But yeah, I'm going to sign up for that, see if there's an album I can talk about. Um, but yeah, probably not going to do a full hmm. full top 25 this year. Okay, well, um, it, interesting that uh, at some point as this date was nearing, uh, a buddy um, just Instagram post, and it's him and his wife seeing Beck in Nashville. I think, I think it was Nashville. And uh, just absolute it looked very cool um but uh i actually went and saw a show with him um a stand-up show uh, a couple weeks ago and i was like oh dude you know like he's he's like dude it was amazing 
and I can't recall if this if he had seen him prior. Um, but I was I was intrigued, and uh, you know, it's I don't. I've never like made a mental note to keep tabs, but I don't really feel like I'm ever like, oh shit, Beck's touring, right? You know, so for him, quick, and they have two little ones, so I think they were just kind of down and maybe spent the day and came. But anyway, uh, I I was like, I I bet he does put on a good show. Oh, I'm sure he does. So. Anyway, uh, it's nearing uh, both of our bedtimes here in this new uh, employment realm that we're both in. Uh, congrats to you, and um, hopefully, uh, once you um, or you know have some distance between you and, and the the training element, that it becomes a thing that um, that you're into oh, yeah. and uh, can you know keep you out of that i told you when you were maybe when the first time you sat down you're like i'm super gung-ho about this bar i know and i was like that shit will eat you alive bro yeah Um, i enjoyed it i still like like i said i still pick up a shift yeah there whenever but it's great that they are open to that oh yeah i left on great terms with them i still love those guys like my co-workers at gyms are like family to me i love all those people i still can't believe uh uh Who's on the corner? Uh, So you're walking towards the alley to go into gyms, but if you kept going straight... King G? Yes. Yeah, that's us too, yeah. I told you that night that I came down and saw you, it was like... It's an entirely different vibe. There was a security dude on the corner of... But like, you know, on the actual intersection corner, Mm -hmm. because there were that many people kind of... around the yeah, building like a little patio area and outside. i was like yeah. what's going on here and he's like what are you talking about and i was like is there a show is there a line to get in he's like this is just what this is yeah and i was like who are these where do these people come from yeah and he gets packed i mean i a quick peek i was like i think most of these folks are a lot younger than i am yeah and so that makes sense but um i mean do that many people like live around there that it's a quick visit Mostly just the crossroads as a whole are pretty, it's becoming like... Destination? Yeah, like what Westport was a few years ago before Wild. everyone started getting shot and everything. Uh, Too soon. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I think crossroads is becoming like there's just so many like great breweries and distilleries and like places to eat down there that people are like, yeah, that's a, that's a place to go to. Uh, and then, yeah, we draw a very different crowd over at gyms. Right. Not... Very, we still get like quite a few of you know those young like I'm just here to drink type of people. Sure, most of the people that come to gyms like they're there to like hang out for a bit. You know, even when we're at our most packed, right? There's no one in there. You know, just taking shot after shot and like ordering craft. Like they're just having a few beers, getting some nachos, getting some pretzels. Do they have good nachos? We have pretty good nachos. Okay, might have to come down again. Are you if you? It's just totally a one-off every time you pick up a shift? Mostly, yeah. Okay, okay. Right on. Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I won't put you on the spot to come back again. But if you do feel like it, then you are, you have to pick the, what, the next artist. what we're going to do. All right. And, I, you know, uh, I, I would do, if you wanted to do Zeppelin, you know, that, I, I would do that. But, I mean, um, it's not. Uh, something not, more off the beaten path There, I, I wouldn't have to do a lot of prep for either of those Fair, particular yeah. <laughs> two artists it would become more of like a, 
No, I'm just going through it again. And and I probably you know have known more about them in the past than I do now because right. I'm old and forget stuff. But uh, nevertheless, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Um, good to see you as always. You as well. Thank I you. mean, see ya. <laughs>